It's time to get ready for the Buffalo Bills playoff matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm joined by Locked On Steelers host Chris Carter to break it all down today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I'm Joe Marino, host of Locked On Bills, joined by Christopher Carter, the outstanding host of Locked On Steelers, and we're here to get you ready for Sunday's super wild card game between the two-seed Buffalo Bills and the seven-seed Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris, a month ago, if I told you the seven and seven Steelers coming off home losses to the Patriots and Cardinals before getting blown out by the Colts would be in the playoffs, you would have told me I was crazy. If you told me after week 12 when the Buffalo Bills (laughs) sat at six and six and were the number 11 seed in the AFC, that they would finish as AFC East champs and the two seed, I would have told you that you were crazy. But <laughs> here we are. The season continues, and there's a playoff matchup to discuss, and I'm excited to do that with you today. Same here, man. This is a this is really interesting, uh, interesting situation for both these teams. I will say this, man. Uh, uh, the, uh, the Steelers going into the weekend, you know, my thing was Steelers fans. You should take whoever you get out of this. Like, like everyone's wondering, ooh, who would you rather play? I'm like, y'all better just worry about being able to play someone because not only did they have to beat the Ravens in what was a monsoon last week, uh, but they also had to hope that the either the Titans beat the Jaguars or the Dolphins beat the Bills. And uh, it's a good thing the Titans beat the Jaguars because the Bills handled that business uh, on Sunday night. Um, but I said this before the, the week. I'm like, if you are looking at that, I, I think the Bills were the worst draw the Steelers could get because the, the Bills have been very up and down this year at times. But when they're up, I, I think that they're the most dangerous team that's not the Ravens right now and, and that in the AFC. And I think that that's going – and I think that this was like, mm, like I think they could have – the Steelers could have found a way to bang with Kansas City. I think the injuries to the Dolphins have kind of made them linger a little bit. But the Bills are the team that like – if they play the way they're supposed to play, it should be them and the Ravens in the AFC Championship game, and that should be a really fun matchup. Well, the games are going to be played, right? Absolutely. So, so if that's going to happen, the Bills have a, a task ahead of them to get past the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so as we get into the biggest storyline for each team in the opening segment here, for the Bills, I think a lot of what I think is the biggest storyline aligns with some of the the things that you mentioned there in your opening statement in terms of the Bills have been really up and down. And to me, the story is that we are here. We are here. The Bills are the two seed. They won the AFC East for the fourth year in a row. The Dolphins blew a three-game lead with five to play, and the Bills got hot. They won five in a row to close the season, six of their last seven. 
And it's been interesting to see the formula for doing so. And while you would often think, well, Josh Allen carrying the team, that's that's how it happened. Well, not really. I mean, he certainly had his moments and he played really well against the Dolphins outside of the couple of turnovers. But this team and the reason they're here has a lot to do with the defensive side of the football during this five-game win streak that got them to the two seed. Mm -hmm. They've limited opponents to an average of 16.8 points per game, 277 yards per game. And they faced the top two scoring offenses in the NFL during that stretch in the Dallas Cowboys and Miami Dolphins, Mm -hmm. held them to 14 and 10 points respectively. And all five opponents, they held under uh, 20 points there. They held their last four opponents and seven last opponents under 200 yards passing. Right. So this defense has really, really stepped up in so many big ways here down the stretch. And offensively, it's been up and down. I think there's some parallels between both of these teams in terms of uh, getting hot at the end of the season, embracing an offensive coordinator change, right? All all the levers kind of work to get to this point. And offensively, you can kind of see that the offense is getting more of an identity under Joe Brady, the new offensive coordinator, another William and Mary guy, right? We know Tomlin, Hmm. McDermott, Joe Brady, another William and Mary guy. So that's just part of the deal here. That's always going to be a storyline when Tomlin and McDermott hook up. But you saw this passing offense really start to explode against Miami, and they're going to probably need that to be a, a core piece of what they are throughout the playoff stretch. We'll see what weather looks like on Sunday. But to me, the story for the Bills is that they're here. And before the season, if you said the Bills were the two seed and they were the AFC East champions, yeah, that sounds sounds like that was probably right. But it, it's, right. it's the journey to get there that had the Bills at like a 15% chance of making the playoffs after week 12. Lo and behold, they're the two seed in the AFC. Yeah, I, I mean, again, like the, the Bills are a very talented team. They have a lot of things that go in the way. But I, I think it's been about, you know, how you adjust to, diff- to different pieces of adversity throughout your season. You know, Joe Brady coming in has has given them a spark, and you've seen that happen. But always, like you said, the defense has, has really stepped up. I mean, you get the defense after that Eagles game, you know, they've allowed two teams to score 20 or more points, and they scored 22 and 21 points in those in those games uh, you know they, so they've stepped up in a while it's similarly the Steelers have flipped things around you know not with a larger sample size than what the Bills did winning five straight but their last three games like you said when they the Steelers it was it's so funny like the Steelers also have been very up and down um going going into this at one point they were seven and four and they had back-to-back games at home against two win teams uh with the with the Cardinals and the Patriots and everyone's looking like look if they win those two games yeah. They're right in the hunt for the one seed, not like not just the AFC, but the, like the, they're chasing the Ravens, and that's the and then they drop those two games, they get embarrassed by the Colts, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, they went from chasing the one seed to they're 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 pretty much dead and buried, and then Mike Tomlin does Mike Tomlin stuff, and you know they bring up Mason Rudolph, and you know they do just enough on offense, and then they explode on offense for two thirty point games uh, for the first time since twenty twenty. And you see a different kind of team. And you've seen the defense, even without key pieces. They, this, this is a defense that's been down to their fifth and sixth linebackers, their sixth and seventh safety. Patrick Peterson went from cornerback to safety. They had a special teamer, Miles Killebrew, playing safety, and they still found ways to kind of fill in in those spots. And now the big part is going to be T.J. Watt be, you know, not being able to play in this game, of course. That's going to be a huge part of the defense. Now, I'd say that this is the most equipped the edge rushing position for the Steelers has been to handle missing TJ Watt because the emergence of Nick Herbig as a rookie has been solid as a relief guy. Marcus Golden's been a starter in the NFL. They have at least multiple answers to have a rotation there. They haven't had that 
most years with T- when TJ Watts been a superstar for the Steelers. And they get back two key point points of those safeties, Ron, Nick Fitzpatrick, DeMonte KZ. Uh, KZ, more of a depth piece that you can use in a lot of different situations. But Fitzpatrick is the is the guy that puts the whole secondary together. And that's what the Steelers need if they're going to counter what the Bills do. Granted, this weather, and I'm sure we'll talk more of this more in the matchups part, Joe, but this weather, you know, they're talking about uh, you know, sustained gusts of anywhere from 20 to 30 miles per hour winds and, you know, gusts, and some gusts that get up to high as 50 miles per hour. This might be another crazy weather situation, just like what the Steelers had to play against the Ravens uh, on Saturday. Yeah, that, uh, that was a nice little primer, right? Playing in the really wet, cold conditions there in Baltimore. Probably sets them up well for this opportunity. It's not like Pittsburgh's, it's Pennsylvania, man. It's not yeah. like you're bringing up the Dolphins or the Jaguars to the Western New York. This is a this is a team that is practicing outdoors all week to get ready for this opportunity. I, I asked George Pickens about that, and he he was like, he's like, yeah, I mean, I'm from Georgia, but he's like, I went to Georgia, but like, I mean, other limited in Pittsburgh, man. Like, it's cold here. It's cold in Seattle. It's cold in Buffalo. Who cares? <laughs> like, yeah. he was just he yeah. just played it down. Yeah, the big thing's the wind, right? That's the dynamic mm-hmm. weather wise that can really impact things. And Josh Allen, physical gifts, right? Can can. Is, is somewhat weatherproof, but it's it's going to affect him, right? And and so it's going to be interesting to see um, how much the passing offense can sustain itself if there is going to be these significant wins. I know the Bills will still work the passing game. We've They've had plenty of win games uh, throughout Josh Allen's tenure. They're not going to abandon that piece of, of what they do, but it certainly becomes more restrictive, right? You can't throw it deep. It's going to be more challenging. And, you know, I think whenever there's a weather dynamic, you know, it's an equalizer in a lot of ways. And while I think what the Bills are double-digit favorites at home, it's an equalizer. It is. And, and and the weather impacts both teams, right? And you feel good about Josh Allen being able to sustain that fairly well, but it is an equalizer. And I think that the weather potentially benefits Pittsburgh, although the Bills should be able to be weatherproof to an extent. It's going to be a major challenge, and I think when we go through these critical matchups in the next segment, we're going to break down just where this comes down to because both these teams have, I think, had some really big games where the trenches have stepped up for them in in, in some major ways. I think that's going to be the story of this game is who can win those positions more often in this game to make it easier on on either quarterback uh, to handle the elements that are going to be pretty crazy. All right, we're going to talk about those matchups here in just a moment, so be sure to stick with us. But this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, around New Year's, we get obsessed with how we can change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. So if you've been thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire. That'll get you matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. All right, Chris, we've got, um, we got some matchups to talk about in this football game. I went first with the lead story, so... Floor is yours, sir, for the matchup, the dynamic that really stands out to you in this one. So this is where I think it could get really interesting with the with the the, the weather because 
the Steelers, as much as people, you know, there's there's there are people who want to talk about Mason Rudolph, and Mason Rudolph deserves a lot of credit. He has been efficient. He has been smart with the football. He's uh, made some good throws. He's made some gutsy throws, and he deserves credit for that. But the bread and butter that has boosted the Steelers' offense has been the run game. Since Broderick Jones became a starter in week nine, a full-time starter for the Steelers when they played the Titans, that's the last 10 games they've played. They went from averaging less than 80 yards per game to averaging over 145 yards per game. And that is is what has turned things around. And especially in recent weeks, too, uh, they ran for 202 yards against the Seahawks, 155 against the Ravens, uh, 113 against the Bengals. Um, they also they ran for 172 against the Browns earlier this year. Uh, so this is this is a um, uh, this this is a this is a rush a rushing offense right now that I think has built chemistry as the year has gone gone along. Similarly to uh, the Bills, the Steelers changed their offensive coordinators. Now they didn't have you know the guy that they really wanted waiting in the wings like the Bills did with Joe Brady. Uh, the Steelers kind of made their running back coach Eddie Faulkner become the uh, the official offensive coordinator who sets the room. Mike Sullivan, the quarterbacks coach, took over calling the plays. Uh, but the two of them in tandem have done a, a done a decent job the last three weeks finding the elements of their game that can attack the weaknesses of the opponents that they were facing. Um, and that's kind of teed things up. And I, I wrote a, a film study piece for the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Uh, that went out actually on Wednesday uh, about one of the things I think they do. The Steelers have done a really good job at finding ways to get, especially their offensive tackles, to the second level of the defense, getting to the linebackers, climbing up to them to give Najee Harris and Jalen Warren space to hit their holes, pick up momentum, and be dangerous uh, moving there. And they've also done it with disguising it in different ways. They'll pull, you know, they'll pull either guard in either direction um, to, 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 to trap defensive tackles and free up space for the, for the, for your offensive tackle to flow. They've pulled uh, one offensive tackle from the other side to set up the other offensive tackle to go forward. They'll even using the Steelers, three different tight ends, Pat Fryermuth, uh, Darnell Washington and Connor Hayward. They're, they're wham blocking from one side of the line to the other. And that's another thing that they're using. And they use it as a sort of setup to kind of fake out the opponents into thinking they might get, the uh the jet sweep because the Steelers have shown that on tape and it's all those different things have added up to let Broderick Jones, Dan Moore Jr., their two offensive tackles, kind of use their size and their strength to get to the second levels and 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 seal off linebackers and create the creases that Najee Harris and Jalen Warren have started to rip off a lot more in the last couple of months. And to me, that's going to be the key to this game. If the Steelers are going to pull off an upset, they have to get that going and they have to find a way to keep Buffalo on their heels. Uh, you know, especially with the conditions that they are, they're not going to, they, I mean, they're not going to try to lean on Mason Rudolph to throw for 300 yards or anything like that. in, in those kind of conditions, they're going to lean on the run game to do it. And uh, you know, I, I look at the bills and I haven't had a chance to extensively study all the bills games and see like where their where their cracks are in, in the, in the run defense. You know, they haven't been a terrible run defense throughout the year, but they are giving the 28th, uh, you know, most, uh, or the 28th fewest, Excuse me. They rank they rank twenty eighth in yards per, your, per yards per carry allowed as a, mm-hmm. as a rushing defense, but they rank fifteenth overall in rushing defense. That to me is going to be can the Steelers take that part of the Bills defense and make it a weakness? And if they do, that puts something in their favor and allows them to get a get a, at least a first punch in in this in this matchup. You know, you know, Chris, you know how I feel about Broderick Jones, man. Uh, I was a big-time fan of his. You and I, Georgia, brother. We're talking about him. Yeah, that Steelers draft class is everything I thought it would be with Benton and Herbig and Porter and, and of mm-hmm. course, Jones, man. It's a, it was a foundational class for for Pittsburgh, and it looking looking good so far. 
Uh, we see this similarly. The biggest thing I had written down was run defense against the Steelers rushing offense. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of spoke to the production that they've had the most rushing attempts in the NFL since week nine, over 145 yards per game. Six of those 10 games, they're north of 150 rushing yards. And, you know, they do have some offensive line talent, the, the backfield of Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, what they combined for over 1700 yards yep. rushing the, the two of them. It's a nice pair. I really like Warren, man, that guy. That guy runs pissed off, and he's tough to tackle, and he's got those quick feet that never stop moving. Uh, he's a nice player, and of course, Najee Harris, a very cerebral downhill physical back that presents a lot of challenges, especially in some cold uh, conditions, kind of built for a game like this. And so it's going to be a big test for the Bills in their run defense uh, against Pittsburgh. And it's uh, interesting because they they faced Miami last week, who's the number one rushing team in the NFL, and they had 100 yards in the first half and then re- only eight in the second half. And Part of that was more circumstantial. The Bills got some really good third down stops and they got behind the sticks a little bit. But mm-hmm. run defense for the Bills has been an interesting conversation throughout the course of the year because it feels like when they want to stop their run, they do it, but they're more willing to play with more like two high safeties and, and and live with some run production against them. And that leads to some some explosives against them. I think that's my biggest concern with the Bills run defense it's not the snap to snap like you're going to run it down their throat all day long it's those leaky moments where they rip off explosive runs whether it's you know Brees Hall ripping off an 86 yard run or Devin Achan you know ripping off 50 yard runs like it's that's the stuff that that happens and so it's going to be interesting to see how these backs fare it feels like they're a better matchup than some of those really shifty bursty backs but these are grinded out guys that can wear down a defense and there's two really good ones. And like you mentioned, there are a lot of depth with how Pittsburgh can deploy their offensive line. And of course the tight ends, they got a deep group of tight ends that can block as well. And so it's going to be a big task and it's going to be big boy football. It's the playoffs and that intensifies and intensifies even more in a weather game and in a game where you feel like um, the bills are probably going to want to make Mason Rudolph be the reason they have offensive success. So that's going to be a really fun dynamic. I totally agree with you there on the run defense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be a huge part of this part of this game is just who can, who can win those trenches more often. And also, I mean, the Steelers stopping James Cook in that run game, because that that's a part of the bills offense that is, that has emerged and they're going to try to run the ball. And we all know that you're going to try to run the ball with Josh Allen too. Yeah. You know, the Steelers are very familiar with facing rushing quarterbacks. They do, they do yeah. it every year uh, with, with Lamar Jackson. Um, granted, you know, it's different. Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen are different, yeah. um, but I think this this is where it's going to be a game. This is going to feel like a, a mid to late 2000s game with the weather that this is going to be. I think both of these teams are going to be trying to impose their will. Uh, both are going to take their shots, but I think that they're. I think that you're you're probably going to be in a situation where, with the wind as it is, you're going to be trying everything you can to be the team that doesn't have to take the risk at the unnecessary moment. Um, and, and you have, again, both take your shots. Like, like Mason Ruff is going to throw a deep ball at some point to George Pickens. If he gets single coverage, um, you know, uh, uh, Josh Allen's going to take his shots to, you know, Stefan Diggs. Uh, we'll get to match his matchup in, in a little bit here. Um, you know, if Gabe Davis is healthy, he'll be in fact, I think though, a big part of this matchup too, is can the Steelers guard tight ends? Um, because earlier in this season, up until about like the halfway point, the Steelers were doing very well against tight ends. They had only allowed one touchdown to a tight end all season long, and then they lost uh, uh, Cole Holcomb, then they lost Quan Alexander, and then you know Mika Fitzpatrick was always injured, and it was just like injury after injury after injury. And then eventually, 
they were down to like their third and fourth safeties and their third, fourth, and fifth linebackers. And then tight ends just ripped them apart uh, for about like a month and a half. And like Tom would acknowledge that when we talked about talked to him on uh, on Tuesday and said, we got to be prepared for those tight ends because, you know, Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, they're coming at you. Yeah, it's a, it's a big part of what the Bills have turned into offensively is Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, 12 personnel. Mm-hmm. And that'll be a big, big asset potentially in a game just like this. Chris, one more call out that I want to get to here is sure. uh, the, the Bills pass protection against Pittsburgh. And I know that TJ Watt's not playing and you alluded to it towards the beginning. Steelers still have a ton of D-line and edge rush and, and interior rush talent. That concerns me a lot. And structurally, the way that the Pittsburgh Steelers play defense concerns me. This is the type of defense that has given this Bills offense some challenges here. A blitz-aggressive team with odd fronts that is going to play some man coverage. Well, that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They blitz 34% of the time. That's the sixth highest in the NFL. I know they don't have T.J. Watt, but they've got an exceptional player in Alex Highsmith. They have Cam Hayward, who I think is just unbelievable on the interior. Larry Agonjobi as an interior rusher who's outstanding. Young player in Keanu Benton, who's an outstanding interior rusher. And then Nick Herbig, a young player out of Wisconsin who's really athletic, who killed the Bills in the preseason. I know that's preseason, but that, that we I remember that. And Marcus Golden, savvy veteran who knows how to rush the passer. So, yeah, they don't have T.J. Watt, but they still got like five, six reasonable and above average to you know really quality players that can attack the pocket. And it's not a it's not an unfamiliar thing to play a quarterback like Josh Allen. They've played Josh Allen. It feels like like the last couple of years, Lamar, there's mobile quarterbacks in that Four division. Four times now, I think. Yeah, it's like a regular thing. It's just part of the deal. I was surprised we didn't get a chance to speak this year. You know what I mean? And then the stars <laughs> align, and here we are. But, yeah, I think I think the Bills' pass protections going to have to have the right answers, uh, not just protection-wise, but hot routes, all the type of things that you need to really do your best to limit an outstanding group of, of pass rushers. Look, the Steelers, uh, they have developed a, a much more, a much deeper group that can get after you. Like, 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 for example, TJ Watt went down against the Ravens and like, there was a hush that went over Pittsburgh. When you saw him pounding, pounding the turf there, you could see that he was in pain. Everyone's like, that's it. It's over. They, they, they can't do anything. Marcus Golden comes off the bench. Yeah. gets a big sack on a third down. Um, and, and that, that, that stopped the drive that the Steelers were worried about being a turning into a touchdown that helped them win the game. Uh, but the week before that, Nick Herbig just in, in relief comes up, comes off the bench, sacks, you know, Smith strips the football, recovers the football. That's the stuff that he's been doing all year. And, you know, talking to Nick Herbig, I've cut, you know, covering him all through training camp, you know, he came in with ghost moves and, and, and just things that he had been working on. That TJ Watt was like, uh, I didn't know how to do that. Like, uh, like I think that was kind of, it was, that was the kind of crazy part. And you know, they both are Wisconsin guys. They both have kind of talked about how you know Nick Herbert's like, I studied TJ Watt so much, man. And I got to like talk with him and he taught me a few things. And now I'm trying to develop things. The Steelers are still gonna bring a pass rush. Now, will it be as dominant as it has been at times? You know, TJ Watt had led the league in sacks, you know, for the third time in NFL history, most time by any player in the history of football. Uh, no, it's not going to be the same, but there's, it's still going to be present. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what does Terrell Austin, the Steelers defensive coordinator do behind that to disguise things. Because when they've had like the reason they went and got Patrick Peterson wasn't just to play corner. It was because he was going to be a savvy defender that could shift between man zone and help disguise a lot of things. And that got a little harder to do without Mika Fitzpatrick, without DeMonte KZ, without Keanu Neal, who's still on injury reserve and won't play it in, in, in this game. Um, and, and then as more injuries piled up. But now with these guys back, I fully anticipate the Steelers to try to show looks that they think that Josh Allen 
wants to be aggressive with. And then those looks just be disguises to try to force him into mistakes that lead to some of the turnovers he's committed this year. That's another key element of this matchup. No doubt about it. I'm going to expand a little bit more about that here in just a moment as we talk about our path to victory for both sides of the equation. So be sure to stick with us. Folks, I know we come to sports to escape some of the crazy realities of life, but can we just be real for a minute? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics, like right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. And that's scary. I can't imagine a more hopeless feeling than if my wife or my daughter got sick and because of a supply chain issue that kept them from having the life-saving medication that they needed. Well, thankfully with Jace Medical, we're going to be okay because the Jace Medical Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, and more. And this stuff can happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed then by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. All right, Chris, let's talk about the path to victory. And I alluded before the break there that I had want to kind of expand on turnovers and, and that type of deal. Cause when I, when I think about the bill's path to victory here, it comes down to not falling for the Steelers script. You know, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are 10 and seven. Mm. They're in the playoffs. And it's not because they've had dynamic quarterback play throughout the course of the season. They're down to their third one, and they're 28th in the NFL in scoring. And I know that that's been better of late. But in reality, right, this isn't a juggernaut of a football team. But what they do is they don't beat themselves. This team has the second fewest giveaways in the NFL with 16. They have the second best turnover differential in the NFL at plus 11. And they don't commit penalties either. 85 penalties at six fewest in the NFL. They have a simple formula. Don't beat yourself. And they're going to invite the opposition to beat themselves. And sometimes teams fall in line. And the reality is, you know who falls in line to that a fair amount of the time? The Buffalo Bills. They'll be happy to beat themselves with costly penalties, turning over the football. And that just can't be the case in a game like this, especially when you have a weather dynamic, right? This is the type of game where drives ending in kicks, that's okay. That's going to be okay, right? Josh Allen, put the cape on, but take care of the football, right? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult needle to thread. They've struggled to thread that needle. But even going back, if you remember, it was two years ago, the season opening game in Buffalo, the Bills hosted the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Bills were coming off, I, I think, of the AFC Championship game appearance, a lot of high expectations, big favorites against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh won the game 16-10. to 10, because they didn't beat themselves, and the Bills had a special teams blunder, turnover the football, and they mm-hmm. lost. And the Bills have to be very careful to not fall into that because that Steelers script, it's tried and true. It can be boring at times. Run the football. Take care of the ball. You play good defense. Don't commit penalties. Get takeaways. Like That can be boring, old-school football, but it's a tried and true recipe to win and give your chance to win in the NFL the Steelers give themselves a chance to win every single week because they take care of the football and they don't beat themselves. That's exactly what it is. And that's part of why Mike Tomlin, I think, is regarded as such a great coach because, sure, he, there's certain weaknesses that he has that I think a lot of coaches, they all have weaknesses at some point or another. But 
what the Steelers have done so many times, and especially once they realize, like, hey, this offense ain't going to be like that. You know, like, like it's not going to be like when it was with, with you know, prime Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio yeah. Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Marquise Pouncey. Like, I, like all the, the, those those days were going to be, you know, you know, coming down the line at some point again, you know, when you redevelop things. But right now, you need to be about protecting the football, winning with defense, and not punching yourself in the face. And the Steelers have been very good at not only not doing that them, themselves, but getting teams to do that. You know, the, the same way they did it to the Bills two years ago. They did it to the Bengals in the season opener just last year, and I, you know, I go into that game. I'm like, this feels very similar. What I'm, what I'm seeing, and what I'm like, what I'm thinking here with what they're trying to work on. Lo and behold, they got like five turnovers in that in that game against the Bengals the season opener. I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to do that to the Bills this week. I, I don't think that that's that, you know, that those kind of games are very rare. But they are very good at identify at study. Like Mike Tomlin is a film guru. He loves to study what other teams do. And he wants to what he wants to do is he wants to find your bread and butter and he wants to make you think that you can go to it at the wrong times. And then when you do, he wants to be he wants his team sitting there and waiting on it to take it to take advantage of it and to force you into high pressure situations where those mistakes are more likely to happen. And more often than not, the Steelers have been very good at getting those things to happen. Uh, it's why that he's never had a losing season. It's also why uh, you know the, the, the Steelers were able to bounce back this year because their defense was all over the Bengals uh, when they when they were when they played in, in their rematch um, again. You know, it, 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 late, later in the season, uh, then you know the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks did a really good job on offense. The Steelers did a little bit better of a job on offense, uh, but then against the Ravens, and even though they're the Ravens' backups, you know that's a Ravens team that with Tyler Huntley the year before, you know they were this close to beating the Bengals and in the playoffs. And, um, you know, I think that's something that the Steelers are going to try to do. And it's going to be a major talking point of this game based off of which coach can out chess the other coach it with, with their players and get the other coach to the, co- the other team's players to blink or make a mistake first in this game. So Chris, the NFL expanded to seven teams in the playoff field from each conference in 2020. This is the fourth year of doing it. We've yet to see a seven seed beat a two seed. Your path to victory for the Steelers, is it just embrace that script or are there other dynamics that you think are critical for Pittsburgh to go into Buffalo and get an upset? I do think as much as we're we're going to talk about the run game and the run game is going to be essential, Mason Rudolph does have to hit a few big plays because he's done it to the Seahawks and the Bengals, not good defenses this year. Um, and he 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 was able to hit a 71-yard touchdown to Johnson against the Ravens last week. But if I'm the Bills, I am gambling that he's not going to do it do it to my defense. You got those veteran safeties who know where to be; they can disguise things just just as well. If I'm the if I'm the Bills, I forced I force him to try to make make that happen. I do everything in my power to not let Najee Harris and Jalen Warren take over this game. If right. you let that happen, the Steelers' path to victory is on a much broader plank if you will whereas if you force mason rudolph to 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 continue to beat you continuously and he does do that you force them to walk a, a bit skinnier of a tightrope to get to you and again that's not saying that mason rudolph can't do that he's you know he's been very solid and efficient for the steelers he's had three straight games of 112 passer rating or higher uh but uh if i if i'm the bills that's what i'm trying to force them to do if i'm the steelers if i can hit on a few of those and force the bills defense to be honest and not crowd the line of scrimmage and not their first and second steps off the snap of the ball being forward 
That's how you get them in the place you want, and then you can control the game at the pace that you choose and on offense and win the time of possession, and that'll be huge to limit how many times Josh Allen gets to see your defense that you've schemed up to slow him down. Well, folks, one team's going to go to the divisional round. One team's season will be over. It's high-stakes football. It's the playoffs. It's Bills, Steelers in Orchard Park. Plenty of coverage still to come your way on both Lockdown Bills, Lockdown Steelers, both before the game and after the game. You know we're going to have you covered, so make sure you're following everything going on on both podcasts. Chris, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks, for everyone, for being here. As always, we kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review, and we look forward to catching up with you again real soon.